The number of people from Eastern European countries who have fled communism once already, attending rallies and fighting for their freedoms, should alarm anyone paying attention. When the people who recognise that history is repeating, we must listen to their warning call. Oma, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Good, thanks. When, when I resigned as Australia Day Ambassador, um, I, I was also on a Sky News um, with, um, uh, I can't remember his name now, um, and uh, Andrew Bolt. And um, I had so many comments. I think there was like a thousands of comments. And one of the comments, uh, or actually few of those comments were exactly about, um, you know, that um, the, the impression after that interview that I've done, they actually realized that I know something that others don't. Yes. And that is exactly the, the sign of the communism, the, the feeling of the energy in the air before it even happens. Mm. And, um, and uh, you know, so the, uh, unfortunately, well, fortunately and unfortunately, I don't know, it's a blessing and a curse that Australia never actually had a hardship. Yes. And, uh, you know, they, the people here never experienced what really means being in a war or, you know, having a history of the wars every 50 years. Where I come from, like every 50, 60 years is a war in Europe. Now we know that it's been basically uh, created by the same people who are creating the wars, the creating solutions mm. uh, for all of the world problems. But, you know, um, it, it's very difficult to explain this because people don't know what they don't know. And unless people say you need to show them, you need to, they need to experience um, certain things in, in order to actually understand and see the signs. And I saw the signs in, in literally, uh, my, my brother was on 27 March, and I know we were already in lockdown. So the lockdown was somewhere very, that week, uh, of March 2020, and by 1st of April, both my husband and I, we felt something is not right. Mm. Um, I, I felt in the air the same energy that I felt uh, six months before the war broke in former Yugoslavia. And now, look, I was born only 50, 60 years after the, the Second World War. Yeah. So I've heard all these stories, what happened during the war and, uh, you know, the communism and standing up to Russia and all that stuff. But so, so I didn't have experience, personally experiencing the war. But I think it's genetically, we, we have in our DNA, I believe, that, 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 that story and that, that path of my grandparents and my parents is embedded in, in our DNA. And that's probably why we felt. I felt six months before the war broken from me, decided there would be a war. I didn't actually, I couldn't um, put the words into it. I couldn't say what I exactly felt, but I almost felt, um, oh my God, what's going to happen now? Mm. Because the, the leader, um, who was basically a live leader, uh, Josip Broz Tito, who was um, the, the life leader in, in former Yugoslavia, when he died, something strange started to happening. Um, and so I couldn't verbalize it, but I felt the energy. I felt something isn't right. Something is going to happen. It's just that feeling like when you're in a landline 
by yourself and somebody is following you, but you don't see them, but you feel they're following you. It was kind of that sort of feeling. Yeah. And, and yeah. You, um, interestingly, we're a similar age, and I grew up in Melbourne, in yes. Victoria, and you've grown up in what was former Yugoslavia, is now, mm. would you call it Bosnia? Yeah, Bosnia, yeah. it's called Bosnia. I still say yeah. former Yugoslavia because that's what I know, but it's been... Yeah. It's been breaking down now, yes. The the Australians um, know little about their own uh, history, well, majority of Australians, let alone the history of other countries, and I'm guilty of that as well. And mm. I was interested, as we we both grew up in completely different places, um, mm. I remember stories of mum telling us about having to pull curtains down at night as the air raid warnings would go off but that would be about it that australia experienced during that time mm. Mm. what what was it that about you growing up in yugoslavia that's enabled you to walk into victoria in 2020 and go i recognize this look i asked that question myself because i mean they're part of my family they don't understand what's going on so, you know, that kind of logic is out of the door, <laughs> mm. that everyone who grew up there actually understood what's happening. Some some do, some don't. Um, and I think that's something on a really more uh, energetic or spiritual level, Anthony, if yeah. you like. Okay. Um, my, my growing up was very simple. I was very happy as a child. Um, I was a tomboy, like your sister Lisa, I think. Okay. Um, and I, and our, our friends, Kimberly and a few others, um, I was more interested in running around on a bike than swimming rather than kind of playing with the dolls because I found it really boring. And, um, but, you know, I was, I, I went to school very early because I was very active. So my parents put me in a, in a school much earlier than, than other kids. And, uh, um, I, I was bullied in, in a, in a school because I was very little, very tiny. Um, so I had to stand up for myself. My sister is 11 years older than me, and uh, she is different. She's quiet, whereas I'm very active. And it was always this comparison, how come your sister is so quiet and, and we can't shut you up in, in a class? I was talking all the time and things like that. And I think, you know, that builds the character. So two things happen with it. One is, you know, you become insecure or, or the one you basically stand up for yourself. And luckily, I was I build my character that I can stand up for myself. So, you know, I, I come from a family that more or less all of us were the, in, a, in a similar financial situation. My, my dad was working. My mom stopped working when I was uh, five or six, I think, five, something like that. Um, you know, we, we went uh, every year to Dalmatia, uh, you know, for holidays and things like that. So it, it's a really just a middle class. Like I think majority of Australians that grew up here, um, I couldn't say we we were rich and had this, that, and the other, but we had enough. We we travelled. I mean, I finished a law degree, um, and I was one of the youngest students at the time. I travelled through the Europe, so you know we had a freedom. Yeah. And uh, but. I remember the stories from my parents and grandparents um, and, and the neighbors and others that after the Second World War, when the communism hit former Yugoslavia, if anyone was against it, they would disappear overnight. 
Now, as a child, you can't understand that. Mm. And you can't actually put a context around that. Why, why would somebody... We actually had our own Alcatraz, which was one of the um, islands in, in Dalmatia. And I, I, I still remember these stories. I remember a lot of things that... Um, you know, as a child, sometimes adults perhaps don't understand that you're listening and, and perhaps, you know, you take a pieces of, of their stories, but it, it resonates. Yeah. And whilst I didn't know the context back then, I understand context now. Mm. And um, so, you know, I, I, I had a childhood probably as, as everyone else in Australia had. We were free. I could... You know, in my 20s, I could sleep on the beach and I'll be fine. You know, there was that sense of the freedom. Were you, were you but, under communist rule then, though? Uh, well, I had, to be, <laughs> I had to be a communist uh, to, to get a job as a lawyer. Okay. And I never really connected with it. And the only thing I had to do is really pay the fee and uh, I was left alone. I wasn't really active or anything like that. Uh, because so, th that, was, a, that what, was the one thing that kind of... I thought, why, why to get a job, I need to become a member of this communist party. Mm. So from your and, point of view, that's all it looked like. It was just a, a, like a club that you had to join. Well, that's it. But um, it's, it's a basically, it's, it's more linked with your sense of beliefs and values. And I don't think I actually understood really what the communism and and don't forget in our schools we've learned about marxism we've learned about lenin we've learned about every single thing under the sun um, about the communism and capitalism was something right really really bad and things like that and i just couldn't understand that it's like on my rational logical level i could never understand that because you hear all these stories and movies about America and people going in America becoming rich, and you think, so why are we are here then? Like, you know, how how is this better than going? And, and a lot of people in former Yugoslavia actually went uh, in Germany. Germany was one of the most um, developed countries in Europe at the time. Um, you know, I, I my first job as a lawyer was in the manufacturing because I didn't want to go and work in a school. I found it really boring. So. I'm a people person. I love to be amongst the people rather than just listening to stories and quotes and, and stuff like that. So I, I got a job in the manufacturing. That was my last and first job before I came here. And I was one of the youngest lawyers in, in, in that organization. And uh, it's, it's just like, uh, you know, you, you, you start kind of thinking and connecting and, um, you know, just, just observing things around it starts, it makes you start questions. Okay. Because a lot of people, I mean, all our machines were machines from Germany. All our manufacturing was, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Germany-based machines and stuff like that. And a lot of people actually went to Germany and then they will commute because it's, it's kind of re relatively close. So, you know, you, you grow up, you, you're part of the system, and then... You know, when, when the war broke uh, in 1991, then everything kind of like started to, well, not everything, but things started to be more and more clear. You know, you start kind of connecting the dots and you think, okay, here we go again. Every 50 years, there is a war in former Yugoslavia. Mm. We just came out of the one war, here we go. 
in the other world. And you asked me the question, you know, how, how all of that helped me to, to, to realize what's happening here. It's like, uh, it's very simple. Number one, I mean, I'm not a biologist, but if you read and understand viruses and all of that stuff, it just doesn't make sense that you sit in the house just because there's a virus. Yeah. We've, we've never done that. Um, and the other thing is, in the first lockdown, when we came out, every single uh, corner or intersection has these uh, facial cameras, yeah. fa facial recognition cameras. And then you start asking yourself, uh, hang on a minute, why, why, why did that happen? And then not even going into 5G towers, that all came during that time as well. And people actually don't observe. We've been, we've been brainwashed, all of us, to some degree. And I think Australia has been brainwashed to a, a, a large degree. Yeah, well. Um, and I think that was all by, by, by design. We know that Australia is a, is a, is a test bed for, for a lot of things, Australia and Canada. So when you start asking those things, then people actually just go there. They live their lives, they don't observe these things. And when you say to them, okay, so if it's such a, a massive health crisis, why do we need the facial recognition cameras? Exactly. Why, do, why these 5G towers are suddenly popping up everywhere? That, that doesn't make sense. Why doctors are being, um, you know, prevented to, to actually heal people? It's not about healing, isn't it? Yeah. It's about control. And I feel that there is a still lot of, lot of people that actually don't understand. They can't put the context. And, and sadly, a lot of people lost intuition as well. I mean, one thing that I always had is intuition. We all have it. We do. But unfortunately, a lot of people also uh, suppress that intuition through the school, through the system. And I can tell you, and I know this is, this is going to shock you, Anthony, probably everyone else who's listening. Australia has become more communist country than former Yugoslavia in, in which I grew up. Mm. When you have police, which we did in, in 2020, with semi-automated guns and now fully automated, then you have to wonder what this has to do with the health. Exactly. And this is what I said in an interview with Andrew Bolt in 2020. And people couldn't understand. They say, you're crazy. You're this. You're, you're conspiracy theorists. Well, hang on a minute. Um, have you asked yourself? And I lost, I've lost the respect for police. Yeah. I have a respect for people who walked away from police because they don't want to be part of this. But in general, uh, I had the respect for police like all of us. But now I have none. I have no respect for the government. I have no respect for the doctors who are still in the clinics. Um, I have no respect for the nurses they are going along with this. I have no respect for anyone who is not standing up and actually speaking up what's happening. Yeah, well, as, as you said, they, they don't realize that, that something's happening. I think some do. I mean, you have to be an idiot if you're a doctor or a nurse when somebody comes, uh, especially now through the, all this jabbing and stuff like that, we now know, you know, how many people actually going on a daily basis in a, in emergency because they have a problem with the heart and 
God knows what sort of consequences. You know, you can't turn your blind eye. But no. what I've noticed in this country since I've came, unfortunately, it became norm to turn the blind eye. Yeah. It became norm not to speak up. And I had a corporate career in this country, and, and I'm grateful that I had that opportunity to to work in some fantastic organizations and, and um, jobs where I've grown and learned so many skills. But in the same time, in the last 15 years, I've noticed that the workplace has changed. Um, we, this, despite all of these flexible policies and things like that, employees have been squashed more and more. The employee rights have been squashed more and more. If you, if you come and, and raise any question, you know, you've been, uh, you've been kind of, um, sort of, uh, called, um, a troublemaker or whatever reason, therefore yeah. everyone will shut up. And I've been in the human resources for a very long time, for 31 years in this country. And I had a very senior role and, and I did the business transformation in many, many organizations. So I've seen, in, but in particular last 15 years, I could not believe what has become of the workplaces and, even to this date, when I see human resources professionals, how they're going along with this narrative and bullying people yeah. to take a medical experimental jab, for them that becomes normal, I actually cringe and I have a pain in my stomach. Well, how, how they're allowing it to occur. How they're allowing people, it. People, uh, if you don't take it, you lose your job. That's exactly right. And there is... And, and where is the um, where is the commissioner for the human rights? Where are all of these people that their role is to protect, you know, people, protect, you know, society? Well, it would appear because there's no protection from for anyone that isn't. doesn't go along with the narrative. And and that is a sign of you know Cuba is the same. I mean Argentina was the same. Talk to anyone. Vietnam was the same. If you talk to Vietnamese, Argentinians, Cubans, uh, you know, Eastern Europeans, they will tell you this is a tyranny. And just because you get jabbed and then you can go and have your favorite latte or steak in the favorite restaurant, you don't even realize that you already gave up your rights of your children and your grandchildren. Yeah. People just don't realize that every time they put a QR code, they're giving up their humanity and their human rights. It's just, they just think, oh, this is for the good of the society. And, and let's talk about the language, Anthony. I mean, I'm NLP trained as well, neuro-linguistic programming. So I'm not a psychiatrist or psychologist, but I, don't, I understand how human behaviors and human psychology work. Uh, works. The language is is so powerful. And what's happening in, in, in the last couple of years, the language that's used, it's actually programming people to behave and think in a certain way. And I'm disgusted. And I feel a pain in the same time how much society has been damaged, how much society has been destructed and destroyed with... Um, very carefully planned methodology and approach to create a division. 
And our common enemy is not you and I, whether you're jabbed or not jabbed. The, con- the, the, the common enemy is, unfortunately, Australian government that is all forcing these mandates that are not lawful and they're not human. And leadership is about humanity. It's about, uh, it's about empathy. It's about finding solutions. And if you look at the language for our leaders since 2020 when this started, that language is language of dictatorship, not engagement, not compassion, not providing solution. Anyone who is anti this, anti that, is being basically isolated from society. And, you know, we all know what happened to Dr. Mark Horvath, who has been raided here with no warrant mm. and his clinic shut. We all know what happened to some other good, decent doctors. Now, these are the tactics of Nazi Germany from 1943. The, the, Australians, people, listen, the Australians listening will say, but these are the Australian politicians that we vote for. Why would they treat us like this? Why are they doing this? Well, it's a good question. I think because this was all planned for a very long time. And I know a lot of people will say, you know, oh, I'm conspiracy theorist, but Nazi Germany um, has, has never really died. I'm not talking about the good Germans. My husband is German. He's a beautiful man. His parents came here because of what was happening there. What I'm saying is uh, uh, a Nazi from Germany has expanded there in America, there in Argentina. Uh, we are run by a bunch of psychopaths. And I know it's very difficult to understand because... Unless you go and explore uh, what the Rockefellers and, and others did for the last 150 years, this was very well planned for a very long time to break the very society um, by all of these things that are happening. Education. Education in Australia and becoming around the world, America is no different, is disgusting. Instead of teaching children about the planet, about humanity, they're teaching them about, you know, 85 fluid genders and stuff like that. I am disgusted about the, the you know, the, the very education system in this country that needs to change. And, and you ask me the question, people will say, why these people that we, well, I don't know whether we elected them or not. Mm. I don't actually believe in voting system anymore because we now know that everything is real. Yeah. So I can tell you right now that I will not vote for anyone because I don't believe in a politics. I don't believe that new uh, minor parties will make the difference in the old corrupted system. We need a new system. We need basically a system where us as a community is going to be organized and help each other just the way that uh, in a good old days, communities help each other. Yeah. So, you know, to me, I, I just listen um, to this new party and, and leader of this new party. It's the same old saying, liberal laborers and greens did that, whatever it is, there is no solution. It's just basically pulling the wool over people's eyes. And we can't have anyone to wait to save us. We need to organize ourselves. 
And there is a group of people that, uh, you know, we came together about two weeks ago. There's about 12 of us with all walks of life, doctors, nurses, um, you know, uh, business coaches and so on, teacher. We, we actually want to create help in community. What can we do, you know, to, to educate people? What can we do to help kids? What can we do to help trading and things like that? We need to have a practical solution. We, we, we can't, you know, I don't believe for one second that choosing anyone on a minor party will make a difference in a corrupted system that actually needs to call it. Our health system is already collapsing. Mm. Our education is collapsing. We are witnessing collapse of all of that. Um, and it has to happen that way because we need to rebuild new. We need to build the, the system that is based on humanity, on social ethics and norms, and not about the, the communist indoctrination of all of these like gender um, neutral things and whatever it is and brainwash our children. I don't have any problem with anyone who wants to feel that way, that way, that's their preference. But the children need to be taught about the good moral values. And, and if anyone listening who is not Australian, I suggest them to go back and watch all of the good old movies about Australia in 60s and 70s, because in those movies, you can actually see the values of family. Yeah. You can see the values yeah. of community. And that's the Australia that I love. Mm. That's the Australia that I would like to, to, to experience and help rebuild, because I have nowhere to go. This is my home. Yep. I wasn't born here, but this is my country. And I will do anything I can to contribute to rebuild society in a way that we look up to each other and we support each other. Yeah, well, when you look at it at the moment that uh, you can't see a doctor unless you're um, up to date with the vaccinations, you know, that... Is uh, that a breach of human rights, Anthony? Yeah, that, a, I mean, it's straight away... It's a breach. Those professional doctors are happy to segregate society, and if you're not vaccinated, then you're not part of society. And you know, families are taking it further, where they're not inviting members of their family into their homes, and you know, people are watching friends lose jobs and not saying anything about it. It's just they're happy with that; it's normal. Um, you know that the, the the whole segregation problem. And that is because, again, going back to the language, it's really being embedded subconsciously into people's heads. Yeah, when you watch so, it, you can see it on TV when they're, you know, correct. on the Today Show or whatever it is that they talk about in the mornings and they say, well, how are you going to go about not inviting so-and-so for Christmas and stuff like that and make right. it, trying to make it normal. And and this is, I mean, we don't watch television for the last 12 years, thanks God. Um, and... Um, but, but this is what be, has become of society. We don't trust a doctor with a 45 years of experience telling us this is a murdering in a hospital is what they're doing. But we trust some kind of blonde bimbo on Channel 7 or 9 or whatever yeah. who is telling us, you make sure your children don't come close to you because they're not vaccinated. Yeah. This is how brainwashed society has become. And, 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 and people are okay with it. <laughs> Correct. 
you know, I, I had a talk with somebody a couple of weeks ago and he said he, he's not going to get jabbed, nor he has jabbed his children. He's done enough research to understand how dangerous they are. But um, his father had 80 years, uh, um, 80th birthday and basically said, you can do, you need to do the PCR test to prove you're negative before you come to the party. I mean, that's insanity. Yeah, total insanity. It's pure insanity. All I can say is, I really hope that people will start questioning and, and look look back in, into their own self and intuition and ask questioning rather than turning blind eyes that they've been trained for majority of their life because that's how Australia, Australia uh, was, was basically coerced into being like that. Yeah, I, I, to, I'm fascinated by um, people that would normally be curious about things in general, just aren't. They're just going along with what happening. the TV... Fear? Okay. It's, it's fear. And, you know, my, my husband Ray and I talk about this for, for very often. And in 2020, Ray actually mentioned to a couple of people, everyone criticised why Germany didn't stand up and rescue the Jews or why Germany didn't stand up against Hitler. Um, and, you know, the same question we can ask why Victoria didn't stand up to Daniel Andrews in 2020. Yeah. I went along with it. And uh, I remember at the uh, Nuremberg Code, which actually, sadly, probably 70%, 80% of Australians don't even know what the Nuremberg Code is. After the trial of, uh, you know, some of the SS, um, you know, soldiers and doctors and whatever it is, they asked, I can't remember his name, but they asked him, how was possible that the Germany was turned around to be basically silent and go along with what Hitler was doing? And he said, very simple, put the fear in people's minds. You can do everything. You can control them. And that's the tactic. You know, put some deadly virus out there, supposedly, so we can all die. And, uh, you know, it, it's going to be like watching the, the, the rat race um, after the ship is sinking, you watch what's happening with the rest. Mm. I'm pretty sure um, the Yugoslav wars you were talking about, I'm pretty sure the leaders, political and military, were tried for war crimes and genocide after that. They and, have. Like that's, that's right. 2017, wasn't it? That's correct. That was, that was um, yeah, a couple of, couple of them have been trialed and uh, they were in a prison and, and things like that. So... So there's, you know, there, well, is, there is hope. <laughs> there is a hope. Um, the only thing is, what I'm learning um, is that we've been infiltrated like a planet, infested yeah. with a very bad people. Mm. And because they had 150 years to plan this, and, and mind you, for everyone who is listening, you could just go and, and um, basically find out the um, Agenda 2030 by Rockefeller. Yeah, you will find everything I'm talking about in that. It's very open. Or just read the book. Yeah, it's all unfolding um, as as you read it. It's happening right correct. now. Mm. Correct. Or or go and uh, uh, you know COVID nineteen uh, great research from Klaus Schwab psychopath. Uh, just go and read that book, and it's there as well. So it's all there. But, no, no one wants to do any research. They want to be no. happy with a two minute thing on Channel Seven. 
Because we've been um, conditioned, Anthony, for the quick fix. Yeah. You know, I have a headache. I'll just take a tablet yeah. rather than understand why I have a headache. Yeah. So this whole thing. And, and just looking back in the last two and a half years, people need to ask this question. Why good doctors have been shut down and their clinics shut down because they want to help community and they're curing them. Mm. Um, but, you know, uh, anything else that is promoted by the main media, and mind you, Hitler was successful exactly because he had uh, main media on his side. In fact, actually, <clears throat> he changed the whole media and everything else. So all doctors, media, everything was infiltrated by his people. Yeah. And, and so what you do is um, you just arrest a couple of people. It's the same Nazi tactic. I mean, the history has been repeated. Same Nazi tactic. If you want to really put the fear, go and arrest someone, beat them up as police did here in Victoria, and then you see how many people turned up on protest next time. Yeah. Go and raid somebody's office and then put that televised that on television like they, they did in, in a Nazi Germany. Then watch how many doctors are going to speak up. It's the same uh, playbook over and over again. Yeah. And you I, raised something at the beginning. Australian people haven't learned the history. Yep. And so it's time now to get informed because the only thing that can set us free is truth. Yeah, that's right. And in fact, um, today I was looking some stats, Anthony. The Bureau of Statistics has, um, I'll just find some information so I'm not making it up. The Bureau of Statistics has essentially launched the data. If you go to Bureau of Statistics regarding COVID, um, it says that for eight, nine, eight people who died from COVID in 2020, COVID-19 was on 38 leading cause of death. Yeah. 38. Hmm. So that means the cancers, the heart attacks, whatever it is, was the main reason. So have we ever shut the country asking how many people actually die from cancer? No. Heart attack, and then, car accident, any of them. Correct. And so, so when you look at this, you need to think, okay, what's going on here? And I tell you, I've been saying this since 2020, that COVID-19 was a Trojan horse to implement dictatorship around the world. Australia just started. Yeah. And I think our government is one of the most corrupted. And to be honest, I don't say that lightly. Um, well, they can get know, away I, with it because people don't believe it. Correct. And, uh, you know, th there is that Stockholm syndrome where, where you see how many people think uh, Daniel Andrews is doing a great job. He's a Nothing more than a psychopath. And none of them, none of them um, deserve to be there. They actually need to be in jail and trialed for the crimes against humanity. Yeah. Every single one of them. Well, they're all off the same playbook, and that's, you know, that doesn't make any sense. You'd think there'd be at least one good one. Well, you know, when they say we are all in it, they are all in it. We are not in it. Mm. They are all in it. And so yeah. when Scott Morrison says we are all in it, 
and where Daniel Andrews and all these others say we are in it, yes, they are. They are all in it. And they're corrupted. They're paid by pharmaceutical companies to push this for the virus. There is nothing more than a common cold. And, and this, this dissonance is so high in, in Australian people that it's actually concerning me that they're just continuing on with the second jab, with the third jab, not realizing that the agenda is not to make you healthy. Now, if we really wanted people to be healthy, why we are not talking about food? Yeah, exercise. Why we are not talking about integrative medicine and say, um, if you are actually, why are we not talking about obesity? Sunshine. Look at how many people are obese out there in Australia. We're becoming like America. Mm. But no, the only immunity, the only health is if you keep getting jabbed. And if people can't see that, then I actually don't know what to do anymore. Yeah. Yeah, when a, when a government bans uh, treatments like uh, ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine in uh, 2020, you've got to ask Correct. some serious questions as to why you're doing you know, that. They, so they ban, they ban proven um, drugs, or I don't like to call it drugs, proven medicine, a proven cure that has been there for 40, 50 years. Yeah. But TGA approved something that is basically experimental, but they're not telling people it's experimental. And under the, under the Nuremberg Code, you cannot force somebody to take experimental drugs. Now, I feel what's going to happen is the government is going to come and say, but we didn't force you. That well, Scott Morrison's choice. already said that. It's freedom well, of choice. Yeah, he's already said it this week, I think. So, well, I don't watch television, so I have no idea. But, but you see, I'm not surprised with that angle because they're going, to, they, they're going to step back to say, oh, well, it's not government that mandated it. It's the workplace that did it. So I think they're all going to shift responsibilities from each other because that's, that's what they do. Yeah. But I don't think they should get away with it. I really don't. And if anyone is, is, is listening to your podcast, if it's in the military or, you know, police or somewhere, we actually need the help. Yeah, we do. We really do because these people need to be removed and arrested for what they've done. And I don't know when and how this can happen, but if there is anyone out there who actually has the, the, the ability and ways to, to, to remove these people, they have to be removed because they're a bunch of psychopath liars who are killing our society. They are dividing people, and that was all by design. The families have been split. Well, some would say that if you just arrested someone and took them out, that the pharmaceuticals companies would just put someone in their place. But they need to be, they need to be brought down as well and exposed for all of these things what they've done. They need to be exposed. The pharmaceutical companies and, and the doctors in this country have become nothing more than a drug dealer. Yeah. Including chemists, by the way, 
hey, you can just come, you know, browse around our shelves for the new products. In the same time, you can get a COVID shot. Yeah. It's, it, these people need to be arrested. Because what they're doing is, is a crime against humanity. We, we should have never been, in the last six months, you know, Kimberly reminded me today when we talked about, in the last six months, people in Victoria can't actually have a job if you're not jabbed. Yeah. That is against every single human right. But what that tells you, we don't have a human right. We don't, they don't treat us as a human. They treat us as a cattle. Well, the companies are now starting to introduce a um, infectious disease plan where you have to have you have to be up to date with every vaccine. Wow! And I've just heard that from two different companies in the last week. Oh my god! I, I'm speechless. I'm speechless. Um, I I don't know what to say. I honestly don't. It's like um. It's interesting, like how everyone is just kind of running on it mm. without pausing and, and thinking, hang on a minute, this isn't right. Um, and this is why I don't want to go in my corporate uh, world back into it because it is morally corrupted. Mm. And I cannot be part of it. Mm. And I will not be part of it. Yeah. Because it is so morally and socially wrong it's beyond anything i've ever imagined in in my in my wildest dreams yeah and, uh, talking talking this? about um arrests before um i did a podcast with dr bruce pay he's an anaesthetist yes. from adelaide who is yes. out who is out of work not allowed in the hospital mm. he was recently arrested during the canberra rally he was arrested for a minor traffic infringement and he was in locked in jail for a week he wasn't allowed to speak to a lawyer or his family he didn't know what was happening outside he had no contact and he's a a military veteran and in jail he's out out now he was allowed to come out so that he could go home but um you know like you said well i think that they're arresting they're pro- profile they're people. They're targeting. That's exactly what they do. Mm. It's, it's done by design. And, you know, what we need to understand, when we have a rogue government and a criminal police who is actually um, executing the, the um, direction from the government, that's what's to be expected. Do you think, you know, do you what, think what, that the, like the police force itself is corrupt or is there a corrupt element that's been um, put into place within? It's hard to know because I haven't seen many police people walking away from police and saying, this is what's happening. Now, having said that, I can't guarantee there are not some good people within who are trying maybe to change within. I feel that every top key leadership position in this country is corrupted. Whether that's the head of police, hospital, head of nursing, head of nursing homes, uh, principal of the schools, 
these people, because that's the, the only way you can actually exist is to be corrupted. You need to be part of their corrupted system. It's a pretty powerful agenda if you can do yep. that to everyone. So, um, hopefully, there are some good people in a police. I mean, we can't generalize. I'm sure there are. But I don't know what their role is. And I don't know what they're going to do to, to, to expose and change things. I really don't. Mm. But, um, you know, I, I've learned, which I I actually didn't understand, but in 2020, um, I've actually learned that Australia is nothing more than a, a registered corporation in Washington, D.C. Yeah, yeah, well, not many Australians know that. Uh, well, I didn't know. I've been here, well, this year will be 31 years. I had no idea. Mm. Uh, police, every police, Regist in each state is registered yeah. with ABN number as a corporation. And so what they do is they, they basically arms um, of government they run as a to business. introduce their agenda just the same way like in a Um And so when you know that, and so when they're chasing up people for the little kind of like, hey, you know, your car is not totally safe and all of that, you know, BS that's going on. They're actually nothing more than revenue collector. They've got their target that they need to collect yeah. this for the thugs out there. I'm sorry, but but that's that's what it is. I can't actually say any more nicely than that. And people need to understand that. So we've got these, you know, pedophiles running the state. We know in two two hundred two thousand and fifteen Haffenden case, commissioner he said publicly. It's on a YouTube. I'm not making it up. 28 high-level profiles are pedophiles in this country, including former prime minister. We're chasing people like your doctor that has been there because he didn't actually, uh, you know, pay the fine or, or something with, with his car. I mean, when you see that, then you know what the agenda is. Yeah. And I... I you know, I urge people to start questioning, to start digging information. Because what's happening in this beautiful country, Australia is one of the most beautiful countries. And I spent, Anthony, in Australia more than I've spent in a former Yugoslavia. This is my home. Well, you must love Australia if you decided to become an, an ambassador for Australia Day. Absolutely. I want you to make the difference. I've, I've, I've been always the person who wants to make difference in other people's lives. And, you know, I hope my career will move more into what can I do for community and help community. What, what? I, I'm not going to go back to my corporate world until this corruption at the workplace exists. What, what does an Australia Day ambassador do? So... Each year for the Australia Day, we were sent or we were requested. Um, like, for example, in Victoria, we were requested by different um, shears and councils to be their guests and do the speech. And often on those, um, you know, events, they will have new newcomers um, getting citizenships and stuff like that. So it was really beautiful that I was. Um, requested by so many council in regional areas. And I put my hand to go into regional areas because I love regional Australia. And these people need the help. These people really need a lot of help. And, and government doesn't help much Australian 
regional areas at all. Um, and so Ray and I had the opportunity to go. I met beautiful people, small business owners, mom and dad owners, beautiful people who would come together. Uh, and and I've learned so much from them. And I've learned about the areas. I prepared myself. I knew their history, everything. Um, and it was it was really beautiful. Um, but when all this happened in 2020 and we realized that uh, what police is doing and what government is doing, I don't want to be associated with the Australian government. Yeah. You oh. know, I, I don't want to support government that is not supporting their own people. I cannot morally do that. I remember reading your resignation and I, at the time I thought, wow. Well, it was from my heart. I really sat down, I thought really hard about it, and I thought, no, nah, I'm, I'm going to do this. And I did it, and uh, I sent an email to uh, Daniel Andrews' office. I publicly published that letter so that people actually know how I feel. And, um, um, you know, I had a very huge following on Twitter. And since that letter, I had the death threat. Wow, really? I had two, three hundred people threatening me on the Twitter and I basically deleted my account because I just couldn't withdraw these threats. Um, you know, it's like it was disgusting. So I don't have Twitter account anymore. But I blame and, you. Uh, and I was featured in the um, Mercedes-Benz um, for, for work that I did um, for migrants and all of that. And they found, you know, whoever, you know, I'm telling you, 200 people would have come on a daily basis. So they basically take um, Mercedes-Benz and said, you know, you featuring someone who is working against government. And so Mercedes-Benz basically pulled out that article and you can't find it anymore. So when you see all of that, I just hope, Whoever did that in Mercedes-Benz, I will never buy this car anymore. Um, these corporations... We're, we're learning which companies not to buy from, aren't we? That's right. And, uh, and so that, that, was, uh, that, that, to me, was a sign of the weakness. And I, if, if anything I can say to people is we need to find courage. And even that means that our family would not understand us, our friends will not understand us. I've got the same problem. But I will not compromise my integrity and my courage. Stand up for what's right. What, and what, we need to find this courage within. What, what did you say in the letter? Which letter? To, to the, Daniel Andrews? Yeah. Um, I can't remember now, but I, I did basically uh, said along the line that I came in this country as a migrant, and uh, it was a, such an honor to be Australia Day Ambassador. Um, but given what's happening in Australia, it, it's a sign of communism and dictatorship, but I've never signed for it. And therefore, uh, I can't, um, I, I can't uh, represent Australia that, uh, you know, the Australian government that uh, is not representing its own people. It, it was a one-page letter. But yeah. in essence, that's that's what I said, and um, you know, I, I I essentially said that leadership is about compassion. It's about true leadership, uh, leading people and not dictatorship. 
Yeah. Did you have any reply so, from Daniel Andrews? No, somebody in his office just a week uh, basically replied and said, uh, thanks for the contribution. And that was all. I've never even replied to them. Yeah. There you go. They don't care. No. They actually don't care. It would appear that they don't care about anyone. No, they don't. They, so, they, they, when you look at the behavior, the language, um, you can actually see they're a bunch of psychopaths. Because mm. I don't think they are human. They don't behave like a human would. If it's human, yeah, it's weird, isn't it? The, the humans would not hurt a human. Mm. You know, I, I see little spiders. As long as I recognize they're not dangerous, I collect them and I put them out. I don't want to squash them. And, and not even thinking, what would I do if, if I need to help someone in need? So, you know, these people are not human. They are not uh, displaying human characteristics because they're hurting people. And humans don't hurt other people, Anthony. They just don't. Mm. Yeah, it's frightening. It is frightening, but on a good note, uh, I think we need to find our soul families that are um, like-minded people, like your sister, like Kimberly, like Dr. Mark Orbert, like um, Dr. Catherine um, Fines, who was one of the first doctors who started actually speaking up at the rallies in 2020. They're very brave people, and I'm yeah. privileged and honored to be a very dear friend with them. And there are many others that I didn't mention. Mm. Um, we, we need to come together. And uh, we, we are solution-oriented. Uh, two weeks ago, we came, 12 of us, we, we are looking for solutions to, um, to have come together. What can we do to support, um, you know, elderly people? What can we do to support um, anyone who needs a care? Because hospitals are now becoming a dangerous place. People don't realize it, but they are. You know, what can we do to, to help people that can't get a job because of these mandates, uh, tyranny, medical tyranny? What can we do to organize ourselves to help communities? Because the system will fall, and we need to build something New ways. so people can fall back into it. Yeah. So in, in every disaster, there are new opportunities. In every difficult situation, there are good things. And one thing that I'm... Uh, you know, really frustrated is uh, a legal system or lawyers in this country, as well as they, majority of them really have no courage. Mm. Um, they should speak up. They know what's happening. But they are rather pay, take their paychecks rather than stand up there and say, I know what's happening in a hospital. I know what's happening in a school. I know what's happening um, in emergencies and so on. And until that happens, well, it, se will... it seems as though something needs to affect them for them to change. Otherwise, they'll just keep doing what they do. That's exactly right. Um, that, that's exactly right, Anthony. You know, it, it's a comfort zone. And, uh, you know, as I said, we, we need to find the courage and, and we need to start building that. And it's like, a, you know, that, that one person that stands on a, um, you know, on, on a horizon and dance and everyone else 
start to, to coming up and, and dance with the person who don't even know what's happening. That, that is the sort of thing that will start intuitively happen. Yeah. I believe. Yeah. Because solution is not to have two tier systems. No. Like Nazi Germany had Jews and non Jews and gays and non gays and uh, disabled and whatever it is. That, that was exactly what was the, the structure of the Nazi Germany. And now Australia is in exactly the same position, but people can't see it. No. So we, we need to open arms and, and hearts to embrace everyone. And we need to provide solutions. And, and these politicians are not going to provide solutions. They never did. New political parties are not going to provide solutions. That system needs to collapse. And we need to have a small representative group in each count, in each in each um, you know area, in a couple of suburbs, and understand who needs who who is elderly who needs the grass to be cut, who needs this, who needs that. The, the lawyers in this country are, are almost a war profiteers because they they're taking money from these poor people, giving them a hope that something will change, but it doesn't. How many court cases, Anthony, have gone to the high court here, there, and everywhere? They took hundreds of thousands of dollars, and there is nothing. Nothing. Yeah. And, you know, between Kimberly and I and others, we, we drafted the letters and, and gave to medical staff, and actually we did this for free for, for a year and a half, and we helped them to preserve their job or to get their redundancies and so on. And, you know, what this country has become very materialistic. I can't help unless... You know, I'm paid for it. You know, after the Second World War, when the Europe was damaged, nobody was paid for it. The, the, the roads were rebuilt, the countries were rebuilt with the pure energy and love and the labor from people in those countries. Mm. And people need to understand that. That's what we need. When you help someone, yes, we do need to pay the bills. Don't take me wrong. I need to pay my bills too. But the point is, we need to see beyond the next paycheck. We need to see the bigger picture and get the context of what the hell is happening in the world. The world has been infiltrated by pure evil people. I cannot describe it any other way, but you have to be a pure evil to, to, to make a harm to elderly, to make a harm you know, to children, to make a harm to another human being. And, and once we understand that, then we can move forward with solution. And as I said, a couple of weeks ago, a couple of us came together. We're meeting every fortnight. We want a solution. We want to organize communities and start helping each other. It sounds pretty nice. Well, that's the only way. That is the only way. And um, don't, don't, don't hold your breath that uh, whoever in a new political party gets recruited will make a change they want. Mm. They won't. It's impossible. Well, not if they're directed from above. Correct. You know, all of that needs to collapse. And uh, we don't need 800, how many ever politicians are there. We need a small representative in, in each couple of suburbs, get together, 
understand like exactly what our um, elders, Aborigines, did for centuries. They didn't have a council. They didn't have a politician. But they functioned. They did. And we need to collaborate more and understand that culture. How do we, how do we organize ourselves to, to go back to those ways where, you know, we are self-sufficient and self-reliable and organized? Is, is part of that um, your organization, Wimigrants? No, that was an organization I formed, uh, Anthony, about five, six years ago because I realized that uh, a lot of uh, uh, people, in, in particular women, who come very educated and um, uh, very qualified in Australia struggle to actually go back into the professional careers. Yeah. So my, my professional career in Australia was in, in, in strategic HR. I've done a lot of startup companies. Um, and and the business transformation. So I've I've held a, a, a lot of amazing roles where where I helped organisations like Telstra, called Maya, um, Hitwise, and, and God knows what. And and I had experience over fourteen different industries. But as I was going through organisation to organisation, I realised all these women will come to me and say, "My God, you know, uh, I'm in this kind of really very low paid job because I." And, and I'm an engineer, or I've got double degree in, in commerce, but I just can't break through the market. And so that's why I, you know, established Wimigrants, which was about women immigrants. And my husband actually came up with that name, Wimigrants. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, it's because it's like self-explanatory. And so, you know, I did a lot of coaching and a lot of programs to help them. And literally within like five, six weeks, they're all in a, in a different role because I kind of like a fast track and fast pace their career because they don't know what they don't know. Yeah. And Australian market is a bit different. And, uh, and along with that, um, I've been doing a lot of work in inclusive leadership um, and diversity helping organizations. And uh, so... But then I realized, you know, we, we don't really need uh, inclusion diversity programs. We actually need good people on top. Yeah. Everything yeah, yeah. else happens naturally. Yeah. So I'm going to kind of like refocus that whole thing because I, I, just, I, I just came to conclusion, Anthony, is that, you know, nobody taught me leadership. Mm. Um, I've I started leading people since I'm 25. And I made so many bad mistakes and pissed people off because nobody gives you a manual how to be a good leader. No. But as long as you're a good person, you can work things out. And, and therefore, we end up with all these diversity programs, but then we treat badly everyone who thinks otherwise. Yeah. So it's just a tick-the-box sort of thing. It's kind of like a new flavor of them. And I personally came to the conclusion now that all of these diversity inclusion programs are actually there to divide people. Yeah, that's right. Because we're focusing on women, we're focusing on men, we're focusing on Aborigines. I mean, we don't need to do that. What we need to do is focus on individual needs of people in your team, in your group, in your organization. Yes, we do need to have the program to teach people certain things, but let's divide. Let's not create particular... If we create a program just about women then how the man is going to feel in that organization. Mm. So 
I know it sounds really weird coming from someone who's been doing uh, inclusion and diversity programs in so many organizations, but I've really came to the conclusion that there's no need for those. Education about how do we become good people is what we need. How do we move into our heart? Because everything is in our head. And we're trying to rationalize and, you know, factualize that we need to be in our heart and think about how my behavior is impacting someone else. Don't, don't worry about your inclusion and diversity program. Because often I've seen in organizations, there's so many arrogant leaders that no matter what inclusion program you put in there, that leader is arrogant. Yeah. And he or she will not respect anyone who is different because it's, it's essentially my way or highway. So they're leading from so, the point of view of ego, aren't they? Correct. And they're all in their ego. So they need to, to, to come from point of their heart not an ego to protect their positions and their paychecks. That's, that's the key. And I'm not talking about let's just think of Kumbaya and we are soft and fluffy. No, I'm, I'm not a soft and fluffy person at all. But you need to go into your heart and understand people first and foremost and have a conversation with them. You know, I came to conclusion 25 years ago that 90% of the problems in organization with performance management is lack of communication. Yeah. You, you don't need to have the rocket brain to actually understand it. And yet, we're having all these programs about how to do performance management. Well, just talk, communicate. Mm. Ask someone. But there's a lot of assumptions. And again, we are, we are not taught in Australia how to have those difficult conversations and then that's best in, into difficult um, outcomes. Well, all the people in Canberra last weekend, all they wanted was to be heard. And no, one, ca no one came out to talk to them. That's right. Because they don't care, Anthony. When we go back to the point that these people, a bunch of psychopaths who are actually not behaving as humans, then everything makes sense. Yeah, it does. If they are truly interested how Australian people feel, I would come up yeah, that's what as I would. a leader yeah. and say, all right, I'm coming out and let's talk about it. Let's have a non-scripted conversation. Ask me the question. I'm a prime minister. Ask me any question, I will answer it. But no, they hide because they're cowards. Cowards. They're a bunch of cowards who are hiding in that parliament building or anywhere else where they go. They're cowards, but they're psychopath cowards that have no empathy. You can see in their eyes. There's no empathy. There is no heart. Yeah, Andrew, da Daniel Andrews is very difficult to watch. Well, I don't watch him because I, I just want to vomit. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like I just I literally want to vomit when I see him because I, I cannot listen to people like that. I, I cannot bring myself into listening. Mm. I don't watch any of them. People send me this, then, and the other, and sometimes I 
kind of watch and after five seconds I say, no, I, I think I'm just going to throw up. Mm. Because I, I can see their behavior. I can see their eyes. I can listen to the words. It's a pure psychopath dictatorship. Yeah. And that, that is not my world. And no. that will never be my world, no matter well, what. Well, it shouldn't be the, any of our worlds. Well, it shouldn't be, but I, I think we need to start educating Australia what was really happening in the last 150 years around the world. Yeah, yeah, that's right. If you look at that history, then you can, then you can identify it straight away. Correct. And yes, there's a lot of misinformation. I get that. Mm. Um, but there is a lot of information that does make sense. Um, and, um, you know, if, if you go to the people who are 80, 90, they will tell you certain things mm. because a lot of history has been rewritten. Mm. Um, but the stories, the real stories can be heard by, by these, you know, elderly people. To remember a particular situation in this war, that war, they will tell you what was going on. The same way, I hope one day I can sit down with my grandchildren and tell them really what was happening. Yeah. Well, hopefully you'll get a chance to tell me that one day. Well, Anthony, one day when you come to, to Victoria, then uh, let's get together and um, I shall have a glass of wine. Good idea. <laughs> what, I would love that. What, what happened with... Um... Novak. I don't know. I I um I can't figure him out. Let me put it this way. Um, I'm I'm one of these people that I observe the energy that I feel around someone, and I'm not sure what energy I feel around him. I think that was all um, some kind of show, but I can't I can't grasp. What was the show about? Let me put that way. Mm. Okay. Interesting. It was pretty difficult to try and figure it out. It made, it made no yeah. sense. No. So, I don't really know. No. I, I don't really know, but there is something really weird with all of that. Mm. Um, some people are saying that uh, Scott Morrison apparently has, um, I think it's Scott Morrison, has um, some interest in uh, one of the mining companies. Yeah. Which I, I can't remember which one. Um, Rio Tinto. Rio Tinto, that's right, in, in Belgrade, in Serbia, and uh, apparently Novak stood up against it. So this is basically kind of pushback on him. Now, I don't really know whether that's true or not, but that's what I've seen. Yeah. Um, yeah. that the people are talking about. How true is that? I have no idea, but either way... We might never know. Well, we might. And um, do we really care? We have we have a bigger, bigger fish to fry, I think. Mm, mm. You know, with his money, he can do whatever he likes. Yeah. But I think we need to come back to Australia and, and start organizing ourselves as a community and um, be prepared when, uh, when hopefully the whole system collapsed, which I believe it is in the background anyway. Mm. Yeah. Well, you, you yourself have a podcast called People's Voice. Yeah, I started that, um, I think, last early last 
year because working with, uh, you know, nurses and doctors and, and um, Kimberly and I started, I think, February, March. I can't remember now exactly. You, you mentioned Kim a few times. She was, she was the last person on this podcast. Yes. Yeah. And uh, Kimberly and I started the Australian Frontline Health Professional Group. And we have about 18, 1900 now on our telegram. And we started, she and I, we had about five, six people on that group, including your sister. Um, and the aim was really to connect because, you know, there's such a beautiful nurses, doctors and naturopaths and other medical staff that they know what's happening in hospitals and the medical system. And they, they just needed a place where they can share information, ideas and feel connected. So between she and I, we... You know, we did a lot of work helping them in the workplace and sharing information. And um, Kimberly and I are still running those on Mondays. I've stepped back uh, to focus on a couple of other things. But she's still running those groups and people attend and they have these conversations. But last year, in the most difficult times when these mandates started, we helped them from HR perspective, from, you know, uh, a nutrition perspective. We ran events. Uh, on health and, um, um, you know, naturopaths where our guests and things like that. So we, we were very, very active in helping medical community. Um, and, um, and because of these stories, then uh, my friend Michael and I talked about and, um, you know, we thought, okay, maybe we, we do the podcast. And that's how that started. Uh, we are not as active like you are. Obviously, you... You're running them every couple of days. Um, but it's there. It's there to expose the truth. It's there to expose what's happening in community. And I'm sure with this other group that's together a couple of weeks ago, we will probably utilize that podcast more. Yeah, well, I love your subheading because it's um, for a dose of the real truth. Yes. Um, one of my friends, Antonino, helped with the title as well as Ray. So... Um, yeah, I think it's about the truth and it's, it's about exposing the truth. Um, and, um, you know, it, people, it, it's a really interesting thing because a lot of people actually don't want to hear the truth. Mm, interesting. Mm. Um, but I think, you know, we need to be on a positive side. We need to, you know, everyone comes with a different background, different development, different education, different experiences. And I think that's how we need to look at it. Um, at the beginning of all of this, I was really frustrated with so many people that they can't get what's going on. And Ray and I did uh, a first week of April, but none of our, none of our kind of like extended family, friends, whatever, they, they just thought we are crazy. Some of them still do. Yep. Um, but what we need to kind of be patient, I think, and have compassion, even it's hard sometimes. To understand that everyone is in their stage of their spiritual development because you know th this is what people don't realize actually we are in a war and this is a different type of war that I came from the war that I came from was a civil war it's obvious you know who your enemy is this is a different type of war which many many layers it's a financial war to collapse economy it's a spiritual war to crash our spirits, our souls, so that we don't know who we are. 
that that there is a it's a political war as well to to introduce the the, the tyranny and communism. There's so many complexity. There are many layers. You could and, all, and this yep. is. You could almost Sorry, say and that, this is why it's hard. You could almost say that it's brilliant. It's what? Sorry? Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. Yep. It is. It's 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 the way they and, and this is where the lots of confusion is coming. Because they actually some people feel something is wrong, but they can't put their fingers on because we've been attacked. By so many, um, by, by so many levels of, um, how, how should I say that? On, on so many levels, we'll be attacked, essentially, mm. and that's why it's sometimes hard to cope. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like uh, for somebody who grew up in a communism. I had to understand spirituality, but that's not what we are taught. Yeah. Um, spirituality is real, and I'm not talking here, you know, like, I don't know, whatever. Um, but, but it's about actually understanding energy. Everything is energy. But we are taught not to uh, understand our feeling and energy around us and around others. I mean, how many times we met someone and we feel weird? We don't yeah. even know who they are. Yeah. But energy around them is we. That's what I'm talking about. And there is a science around why we feel like that. And and we need probably another three hours for that. Yeah. But but what I'm saying is, you know, I had to, because of my curiosity and uh, and the questioning a lot of things, the last 20 years I've been on a path of actually discovering, you know, what's the universe? What's the energy? Um, wh why certain things are happening in, in the world? And so when you start those questions, then you become really tired. And, and a lot of things came together in 2020. Even, even I was discovering a lot of things about that level of, of energy and uh, quantum physics and, and, and things like that. A lot of things I didn't know. And, you know, when, when this thing happened in 2020, things starting to drop in place. And I thought, wow, now I get it. Mm. Now things are coming in place. And that's why I'm saying COVID-19 was nothing more than a Trojan horse to implement dictatorship, indoctrination, taking possession of everything we have, take, taking possession of our children, taking possession of our souls in the sense that um, we, we have no human rights anymore. And I know that's very hard to digest, but that's truth. Yeah, well, I, I'll try to look at it a tiny bit differently and think that in many ways the COVID is a gift in that it's helping us open our eyes up to all of our 100%. systems that are not working. 100%. And some people have been able to open their eyes up sooner than others. Some people mm. have been able to find their line in the sand sooner than others. And um, mm. I'm trying to be patient and just waiting for all of those others, friends and families, to find their line in the sand and start using their 
curiosity? Yeah, so well said. Uh, I I totally agree with that. And um, uh, sometimes I do have a patient, sometimes I don't. <laughs> well, um, I, I have my days where it does my head in and I just want to scream. Yeah, yeah. It's like when when sometimes you see stupidity out there in, in the real life when you're going to shopping and, and stuff like that, it just triggers you sometimes. Yeah. And, and, and I just have to prepare for those triggers not to be triggered mm. because people just, um, they, they, they probably think they're doing the right thing. But, um, you know, some of my family members are already on their third injection and yeah. they still don't understand what's happening. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and when when you see that, that hurts. Yeah. When when it comes close to to your family and your friends, that hurts. But when, just but you think trying to speak out to those people, it's counterintuitive because you end up losing them. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. It's 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 a really sad. Well, we can we can only hope that. Um, there will be something triggered in them sooner rather than later. Yeah, yeah. Where they say, okay, what was this all about? Yeah, something's not right. And something isn't right. And that's why I pray every day that that trigger will come sooner rather than later. Mm. That's we, we can only hope. In the meantime, we just have to... Do best we can and and uh, organize ourselves in the community. We we have so much power as a community. We do. We have we have more power than people actually think. Mm. You know, like we don't stop in a big, big organizations anymore. We support small business. Yeah. And that's what we as Australians need to do. And Correct. This country has so much potential and resources. We don't need to import anything. Like if you see about from Queensland up to Victoria, New South Wales, the different climate conditions can produce different things. We don't. We are a small country relatively, but yeah. we have land. We have smart people in this country. We can actually produce and manufacture everything. We yeah. don't need to rely on anyone else. You know, this is by design as well. It's, it's all by design to, to be destructive in the community. I never understood when I did outsourcing all of these IT organizations in the past. Um, didn't make sense outsourcing, like, you know, call centers and IT into Philippines. And I'm thinking, well, we just actually terminated 150 jobs yeah. of our Australian kids. Yeah. And uh, good for Philippines. I like Philippines. I've never, never been there, but, you know, it's, they're, they're good people. But hang on a minute. What about our economy? Yeah, well, I heard recently that uh, prawns from Port Lincoln are flown to Vietnam to be shelled and then flown back to Port Lincoln. You're kidding me. No. You see, they, these, are, these, these are sorts of things that I, I just kind of go, okay. You know, I, I I don't I don't know what to say on that. Honestly, it's um, you know, and and but I, I really feel this is all by design to have no one country uh, build 
the um, independency. And when I say independent, is like if I am a prime minister or, or whoever, I will actually look what resources we have in our country. And I will, I will employ a smart business people. Mm. Not politicians, but the business people, but not corrupted business people. A good business people. And I will look, what can we do? What is Queensland? What Queensland has, Victoria doesn't. And do that sort of trade in between the states. Not flying bloody prawns from here to Vietnam and back. <laughs> Yeah, we've got a sea, we've got land, we've got wheat, we've got everything. Mm. But we should go back to organic way of, of, you know, bringing the crops and everything else. Not bloody Bill Gates, GMO stuff. No. We, we, we need to go up into, and then everyone will have a job. And, and, you know... I also, uh, as, as, uh, as somebody in the politics, what I would do is I would not privatize these, um, you know, centers where old people are, what you call them, nursing homes. Mm, they're awful. I would have run them by communities. Mm. I will have children from a school come and paint the walls with the beautiful children paintings. I would take them to the beach to have a picnic. I would have people like your sister and Kimberly running these community nursing homes, not a private community homes, because what's happening is these poor people sell their houses to go there to be tortured. We yeah. know what's happening in a nursing home because everything is, is by the profit. You know, it's like it's a profit over people. We need to turn people over profit. Mm. And we can still profit as a humanity. We, the only profit should be profit for humanity. Because if we all organize ourselves, and that's actually not that hard. I'm telling you, just look in the Second World War, how the Germany was rebuilt, how the former Yugoslavia was rebuilt, how every country that was destroyed in the Second World War was rebuilt within 10 years. To a point that Germany has become one of the most successful in, in Europe. Mm. It can be done. It's not that hard. We just need to write people in the right places. But that's not our politicians. No. Well, um, hopefully, through your group, and I'm grateful for your group and that what you've started, and hopefully it will grow and um, we'll see some of what you're talking about happening in the future. Well, I'm hoping that, and, and this group is a, is a group of amazing, I'm absolutely blessed and fortunate to, to have these people around me because I grow because I learn from them. Mm. And, um, you know, I hope we will provide the template for communities to start organizing because we need to give them the tool and we need to provide some practical input uh, into you know, what, what, what can be done in community mm. so that communities can start organizing themselves. Yeah. That's what we need. It is. We can't wait on anybody or anyone else. We have to do it ourselves. Yeah, I agree. And, well, and maybe like in a six-month time we can come 
as a group talk to you or something so that we can share what we're doing so that people in South Australia can do it as well. That'd be great. You know, so I think that will be great. We need to we need to share the resources and ideas mm. and not to keep them for ourselves. Yeah. The whole idea of prospering as humanity is to sharing ideas, sharing resources. This country is so rich in, in, in resources as well as has so many good people. We can organize ourselves. We don't need a politician to organize this. Mm. All right. Um, Alma, thank you so much. I feel like that was a dose of the truth, the real truth. Oh, thank you so much, Anthony. Thank you for listening to me. I hope your listeners will learn hopefully something that they can reflect and um, and, and see in, your, in their own soul what that means for them. And uh, I, I'm grateful that you're doing the podcast because more of us sharing the truth and talking out there, more that truth will create the energy of truth. Yeah, well, hopefully if just one person listening um starts to become more curious then that's great yep if we if we impact one person we should be happy yeah definitely thank you so much anthony i really appreciate for everything you do no worries alma thank you and uh, we'll catch up in melbourne for a glass of wine absolutely i'm looking forward to okay cheers anthony thank you bye bye